Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Monika Kieska has been designing healthy environments for 35 years. She was professionally trained as a designer and curator in Poland and worked in L.A.'s art galleries and design studios, such as the legendary Ray and Charles Eames office, then in the film industry, and in the late 90s, founded her own photography gallery. Monika became electrohypersensitive in 2007 after moving into a 1920s house. As a result of chronic exposure to mold and electromagnetic radiation, she became physically ill for nearly a decade. In 2016, she found a building biologist who evaluated her home for EMFs and discovered alarming levels of high electric and magnetic fields caused by the 100-year-old wiring. Monika began to recover as soon as the electric circuits were turned off and soon after decided to study the science of healthy buildings. To date, Monika has assessed nearly 100 homes for EMFs and is on staff with the Building Biology Institute and lectures about EMFs and healthy homes. And Carol, I understand that you're very sensitive to EMFs and Wi-Fi, and that you use 1980s non-Wi-Fi phones with 50-foot cords. <laughs> yes, it's a mess around here. It's like walking in spaghetti. It's probably more dangerous than the Wi-Fi, but I can't handle the Wi-Fi on a daily basis. So we deal with these old phones, and they work quite well, I'll tell you. So I'm so glad that you're joining us, Monika, because... I've been dealing with this uh, electro-hypersensitivity for years uh, and didn't really know what was wrong with me. I I used the walk-around um, cell phone type phone before the cell phones came out. It was a headset that I got back in the 80s, and that was it. Every day I would go in my office, put that on, I had it on for 10 hours, and I think that did it. <laughs> but anyway, I'm so glad to have you on the call. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So there's a lot for us to cover today. Um, so mostly, we our show is for and about filmmakers. And I know that filmmakers are on their cells for long hours, and most of them don't understand what they can do to reduce their exposure as well as their exposure in their home. I, most people don't know you've got it coming from both places, not only your cell phone, but also just turning that off, you still have a lot of electromagnetic frequencies coming at you out of your house. So today we'd like to give our audience an understanding of the side effects and some guidance on how to protect ourselves. So let's start uh, with finding out what is building biology so we understand more of what you do. 
Building biology is a study in the science of healthy buildings. So what we focus on is what goes into the indoor environment and how to create it as healthy as possible and how what is the closest we can get to reflect or mimic nature. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That's exactly what we want to do. Live inside with all the protections, but not be bombarded by by anything detrimental to our health. So, all right. So what we need to do is understand what we're exposed to in our homes. So let's cover EMFs, Wi-Fi, and dirty electricity, those three things. And let's talk about the side effects and how we would know if we're getting sick from EMF or Wi-Fi or dirty electricity. Well, how would we know? Um, First of all, we would get symptoms such as difficulty sleeping. We would have headaches. We would get depressed. We would get ringing in the ears. But the first and foremost symptom is uh, inability to sleep and recover at night. And one of the priorities that we look at and lead with when we go into a home to assess the indoor environment, electromagnetic environment, is we start with the sleeping area. So we focus on where your body is repairing itself and it needs the cleanest and most pristine environment to do so. So um, the common um, denominator is the wiring in the walls around your bed metal bed frame, anything that's plugged into power around your bed within six feet from the bed. And now people these days sleep with their cell phone, charging it next to their bed and next to their head. So they are not only getting the radio frequency radiation um, next to their brain, uh, but they are also getting the uh, electric field coming off the cord that's plugged into electricity. And because this is invisible to the naked eye, it's impossible to say, well, you know, there is something until you actually have a sensitive meter to measure those frequencies. Okay, I totally so, understand yeah. that from, from because I bought one of those meters uh, and I have had the house checked and I'm, it's shocked, it's shocking. So let's. These are very important things to talk about. Uh, so how can you recharge yourself if you're not in a clean environment? So let's start with uh, charging your phone. What do you think they should do? Put the phone as far away from them at night as possible. First of all, phone should not be. The sleeping area is not a place to have a phone, and especially at night because. First of all, it's disruptive. If you leave it on at night, then a lot of people wake up at three in the morning and they answer emails, you know. Oh. So it's, 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 I know personally clients who do that regularly. And so you are disrupting your repair uh, process at night by surrounding yourself with as many gadgets as possible. Um, I had a client recently ask me, well, would I have to let go of my Alexa, which I have in my bedroom. And I said, well, would you like to be irradiated at night with wireless radiation? And then, of course, it's plugged into electricity, so you also are getting the electric and magnetic field from it. 
Um, so the less, just the 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 principle the, the principle is to have as little as possible of man-made radiation. We have natural radiation coming from uh, from the earth, and that is healthy for us. But un- unless you know we stay close to those levels, we are going to have health issues and eventually have major health issues such as electrohypersensitivity. So what I recommend is to clean up, to really take a good look at <clears throat> your sleeping area because that is your sort of a treatment, health treatment uh, room where you need to give your body as natural environment as possible to repair and restore itself, especially the nervous system, which is a during the day, it's inundated with stress and um, wireless radiation, electricity for filmmakers. This is especially important because filmmakers are working with uh, equipment that is close to their bodies and in the workplace. And now all of, uh, a lot of these tools also have uh, Wi-Fi. So we're sitting in very extremely high electric magnetic fields, dirty electricity, and wireless radiation all at once. Okay. So it's imperative so, to, to really clean up where you sleep and then begin there. All right. So the first thing is no phone near your bed. Get the phone out of that bedroom and charge it somewhere else. That's number one, right? Yes. And in my bedroom, both of my bedrooms, I have a light switch. When you walk in the room, you hit the light switch, and then the, the lights go on, the lamps that you have plugged into it. So at night, I make sure I have that light switch off, and that will stop the electricity moving into the light, into those plugs, right? That's right, yes. Okay. However, well, you know, your light switch is on the wall unless you flip the circuit breaker um, are you referring to a kill switch or remote switch, or is it just a regular light switch on your wall? A light switch on the wall. No. So, so the answer is no. It doesn't stop electricity from flowing uh, around the circuit. You have to go to your circuit breaker board and then actually flip the circuits, uh, supplying power to your bedroom and the adjoining room, because then if at your headboard you have another room, let's say, it's a, it, let's say it's a kitchen or another bedroom or a bathroom. You have electricity for that room, so you have to make sure that that's also cut off and not flowing at night. So flipping a light switch is not enough. You have to flip the circuit breakers. And then often people sleep upstairs, and then there is ceiling lights or you know all sorts of things downstairs below them, so that also has to be shut off. I had a client recently in West Hollywood who, uh, who, uh, whose bedroom is over a garage, and he's in his 20s, and he's suffering from, from severe um, cardiovascular problems in his 20s. And what we discovered is that the uh, extreme electric fields in his bedroom coming from all the wiring and then, of course, he's, he's sleeping next to a power line, which is just outside his window. 
So, you know, I recommended we went downstairs and uh, flipped the switches, found the circuits that were supplying the lights in the garage ceiling below his bed and then all around his bed. And um, then his body voltage went down to acceptable levels. And then I recommended to move the bed away from the power line. So every inch counts, you know, every inch counts in terms of increasing the distance and lowering the exposure. Okay, well, let me ask you this. I put tin foil on the window, just plain old foil from the dime store, on my um, windows. And then when I took my reader, uh, it was uh, only at the little strips where I missed a tiny quarter inch section where the uh, Wi-Fi was coming through from my neighbors. And uh, so it did for me. It blocked out some of the Wi-Fi coming from next door. Uh, Have you heard of that? Have you ever seen that work before? Yes. What happens is uh, where when with shielding, it's uh, people don't realize that Wi-Fi seeps like a water through the cracks. So you have to cover continuous um, area, not only paint the wall and and put foil in the windows, but you have to cover the uh, the, the the window frame as well. It has to be um, completely shielded wall to wall. Uh, otherwise, it'll be seeping through in the smallest crack. So it isn't. Then it, it end up ends up not being shielded. <laughs> yes. It is now it's the same with the bed canopy. You know, when you have a bed canopy, you have to make it a solid shielding. So if you're let's say you're upstairs, the the RF is coming from below your bed. So you have to have a complete cocoon in order to uh lower the exposure. Mhm. Wow. Okay. So if you're in an apartment, uh building you don't have any control over what's going on below you the only area that you can control is your bedroom is there something you can put on your carpet or on your floor to uh, resist the incoming signals yes there is um, there are rf sheets or bed mats as we call it floor mats that go specifically under the bed and um, we have them at Safe Living Technologies. It's slt.ca. Uh, people can contact me for all this information. I um, also have a website with a lot of resources, and I'm happy to share them. I, I send all of my clients to uh, to those sites and uh, to um, make sure that you know, when they receive those materials, I go back to client's home and install it for them or help them install it. So with my meters, I can check, is it actually solid? Is it, is it protected 100%? So there are mats. There are really great uh, quality fabric that's specifically made. It's called Swiss Shield Naturel and Swiss Shield Daylight. There are two types of fabric that uh, are used for shielding. You can make curtains from it, and uh, you can buy a, a ready-made canopy for your bed. So, oh, yes, I, I, and unfortunately, people who are living in apartment buildings 
um, are dealing with enormous amount of radiation coming from all directions, especially if they're upstairs. That's the first uh, question I ask is, are you upstairs or downstairs? So mm-hmm. also down uh, upstairs, the, the, they are they're going to have uh, elevated electric fields as well because they're above um, someone's living area. And uh, they're also getting not only Wi-Fi, but they're getting electric fields. So the, the further you are from the ground, the higher the electric field. So Whoa. it's unfortunate that, you know, if a person cannot move and they are uh, having severe uh, symptoms, then they have to look at shielding and especially turning off their breakers at night. That, that is a huge um, help in restoring oneself, is cutting off electricity to your sleeping area. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I have um, I've got my Wi-Fi set to turn off at night, um, and I highly recommend that. I mean, I could the night I did it, the night the guy set it up for me, I I slept so much better that night. I just had it uh, put on a timer so it goes off at a certain time and on the next morning. And um, do you recommend that? Absolutely. You are very smart to do that because then you don't have to think about having to turn it off. And often people forget, you know, you don't see it. So you forget it. It's not on your mind, especially if you're not sensitive to it. Um, There are a few solutions to that. One is a timer. You know, Wi-Fi really should be people, you know, people would save themselves a lot of health issues in the future and a lot of expense um, when um, they learn to, Treat Wi-Fi like a light switch. Turn it on when you use it and turn it off when you don't. You know, it happens to be on, especially when people sleep. We don't need it when we're sleeping. And we don't need it. We have enough Wi-Fi coming from all directions at us, from outside of our homes and offices. Why add more to it? It's, it's, a, it's a huge toxic load on the body. So what I recommend besides timers is putting it in a Faraday cage box. We call it the router guard. That's about $60, and you can put your router inside that box. still will emit Wi-Fi radiation, but it will protect you from the harmful uh, frequency that the router is emitting. And then you can put it on the timer. Um, another solution is Electra Health uh, is a company that's affiliated with building biology. It's uh, actually founded by a building biologist, um, has come out with a new low EMF or low radiation router that I have started recommending to my clients. And I noticed the difference. I've installed a couple of them recently, and uh, it is you can't feel it. You can hardly feel it. And it still emits Wi-Fi signals. So you can have Wi-Fi in the house, but it's not as harmful. Oh, this is really good news. Mm -hmm. What is your website and how do we reach you? I want to make sure people hear that. My website is called Elegant Healthy Home. Three words, eleganthealthyhome.com. I also have a very good um, and uh, resourceful uh, page on Facebook um, that is full of uh, latest 
research and news about uh, protecting yourself from Wi-Fi and from EMFs. Um, it's called Elegant Living 2.7. That's Elegant Living 2.7. And, um, you know, I do talks, so there's there's a lot more um, going on in terms of educating the public, but I'm happy to answer any questions when people, they can call me anytime. Uh, my phone number is 805-895-4687. It's listed on my website or email me. And uh, this is my passion. So I am very, very happy in supporting people to establish a healthier living and work environments. Okay. Now, so I want to go back. You said something about they can paint the wall. Um, and that happened to, I have an environmental doctor that I go to, and he's super sensitive like I am, and he's in Ojai. And he rented this new building, got in there, and he and his technicians started getting sick. And it was from the Wi-Fi in the area, from incoming sources of of radiation. And he had to paint the whole inside of his building was step one. Uh, So what kind of paint is this? Um, This is a graphite paint. It has graphite in it. It's black. And it has to be grounded. It's called Y, letter Y, dash shield. Again, it's available at slt.ca. It's a safe living technologies. So you can Google it, safe mm-hmm. living technologies. And it's in, they're in Canada. This is, again, owned a company owned by uh, one of our instructors from the Building Biology Institute. And um, this paint has to, has to be, uh, you need two or three coats. And then it has to be properly grounded. So the painter who is doing the job of painting and shielding needs to be instructed. We have instructions how to ground properly because there will be, it will be attracting and conducting electric current. So that current has to be rerouted to the ground. Okay. But it's a magnificent shielding uh, uh, option for anyone who can use it. However, there is a caveat to it because when you are shielding on the inside of the house, remember that any kind of wireless um, devices that you are using inside your home will be reflecting back at you from that that shielded uh, surface. So just keep that in mind that anything that you are adding, so therefore it becomes... Uh, imperative to hardwire your computer and eliminate Wi-Fi altogether, if possible. That is the right, right. alternative, is, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and well, let's stay on that subject for a minute because I then I had to buy all shielded cards. I, a lot of people may not even know what they are or that they exist, but I noticed a slight difference from that when I connected uh, my. Uh, monitor and my computer i replaced the cards that came with those items with shielded cards so you can you explain what that is what do you mean by shielded cards where where do, do you place cords. them c-o-c-o-r-d-s oh, cords. Cords. oh shielded cords absolutely <laughs> these are ethernet cords or um, electric power cords power cords power cords very good that's that's one of the things that um 
produce enormous amount of electric field when you are around your computer, work area, home office, lamps. So one one thing uh, that we recommend after an assessment, after uh, performing an assessment, is that people order and replace regular plastic-covered cords. And I can only imagine how many of them are in those film studios, in editing rooms these days, know or mixing mixing stations they're all plastic covered cords um however you know even your computer has a plastic covered cord so replacing that is a huge benefit and then of course using a grounding ground cord which is about 895 it's a cord that uh, plugs into the back of your computer or your laptop and it grounds your computer while it's plugged into electricity so that's an excellent um, solution to reducing the exposure to electric and magnetic fields around your desk or around your work area or around your bed. You can rewire your lamps as well with MU-cord, M-U-cord, which is a gra- um, shielded electric cord. And uh, we recommend it to all of my clients um, to rewire all the lamps inside their homes. Um, well, and then, who do you uh, who do you get to do yeah. the work? I mean, I know you. you uh, can the electrician. Buy it. You can you oh. can buy it by the foot, and then yeah. you also have to acquire a three prong uh, plugs because most lamps don't have grounded plugs; they have two prong plugs. So that has to be attached at the end of the cord, and electrician can do it, or. Um, um, home Improvement Center or Ace Hardware, they do it for $15 per lamp. So oh, good. It's, it's very inexpensive and it's easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you so much. No, that is brilliant. $15 a lamp would be nothing. Um, I've cut myself down to one lamp on my computer uh, to prevent that, but I, that one isn't corded so, or shielded. That's great. Well, the thing is that I just want to make sure that everybody understands the difference between what's coming at them from Wi-Fi, from EMFs, and from dirty electricity. So let's just start with Wi-Fi. That is one signal that's coming off of your cell phone and probably your printer or your uh, computer, right? Let's take one at a time and explain what they are. Well, what we call it is uh, radio frequency radiation. So okay. um, Wi-Fi is part of that, and uh, that spectrum on the electromagnetic spectrum. And uh, we have uh, found that those frequencies are pulsed frequencies. So if you have um, um, High exposure, and these days, if you live in the city, you do, because there are not only cell phones all around you, but there is everything is functioning on wireless communication. So you are also most likely close to cell towers and antennas who proliferate every city. And um, we add radar to it as well. So those signals are particularly harmful. Um, simply because they create oxidative stress in the body and being inundated by that by those signals coming from all directions 24/7 
especially at night. That's why it's so important to clean up your sleeping area and shield your sleeping area to the point if you're in a, you know, a, a residential area where other people's networks come through your walls and through your body. Um, it's very, very important to give your body some rest and time to recover. Um, most people, most homes have cordless phones still. Cordless phones produce very harmful, they're called DECT, D-E-C-T phones, and they produce enormous amount of radio frequency radiation. And they often sit right next to your, on your bedside, right next to your head. So uh, we have found that those, they have to go. That's the first thing. It's like having a small cell tower in your house, having those phones. And uh, we recommend replacing them with corded phones. The old classic corded phone is, does the job just fine. And eliminating as, as many, as many uh, sources, wireless sources as possible. I mean, these days we have smart homes and, you know, the, uh, uh, the AC and the alarm is all, all run by wireless uh, communications and your uh, refrigerator and your washer and dryer and everything has Wi-Fi transmitters these days. So if you have a newer home, you know, you have to learn how to disable those. I've recently disabled one. We found one in my client's kitchen, and she is highly electrosensitive and didn't know that the brand-new refrigerator still had a very powerful transmitter, wireless transmitter, transmitting day and night in her kitchen. Oh and she always felt awful. You know, she couldn't work. She had a desk was in the dining area and as soon as and you know, so what it took was pulling out my RF meter and identifying the source and the direction where it's coming from. And then disabling it. It was as simple as switching it off. And she immediately felt relief. So eliminating all these precarious and all these, you know, high, these are sources hiding in plain sight in the way uh, but people don't really realize that they're all over the place, and uh, we know how to find them. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's really important to protect yourself, especially at night. Turn off your cell phone. Turn off Alexa. You can live without it. You don't have to have Wi-Fi at night. Um, all you know, uh, emitting, and with now with 5G, the signal will be actually beamed directly. To your device, they, it won't be blanketed like it is had has been with 4G. So now we are going to deal with a lot more uh, health problems because the signal will be short, but the wave is short. That's why we're you know there's all these 5G antennas springing out in, on every power pole outside of people's homes, and people are get, beginning to get sick. So um, shielding is imperative and reducing exposure as much as possible during the night. Well, when you say people are getting sick, now give us some symptoms of the illnesses. Okay, headaches, pressure, you know, tension and pressure on the side of the head, insomnia, it's impossible to sleep, tinnitus, tinnitus, cognitive Uh, impairment, tinnitus, brain Uh fog. Oh gosh! Um, a lot of people get <laughs> heart palpitations. I immediately have heart palp- heart palpitations as soon as I walk into a high Wi-Fi environment. 
Immediately. Whoa. I don't have to wait. There's no delayed reaction. Oh. Fatigue is one of them. Skin conditions, skin rashes. With 5G, I think uh, the uh, scientists are predicting because the, the wave is shorter and it's more powerful, we're talking about data transmission, you know, through, through the airwaves. Just imagine how powerful the signal has to be in order to get your um, video downloaded to, or streamed uh, through your cell phone within three seconds. That no, normally would take, you know, 20 minutes. And all the all of that data is going through your body. Mm. So and we were built for all of this. Well, we're getting as far as possible from nature, you know, with with the proliferation of all this technology around us. So it's very important that people spend as much time in nature as possible, and to clean up their homes. Um, at the recent EMF conference for doctors uh, in the Bay Area, Bay Area in September, what we've learned is that the consensus is that it's just not enough anymore to go see a doctor for your symptoms. 99% of responsibility and uh, success with your recovery belongs in cleaning up the EMF environment in your home and especially in your in your bedroom, in your sleeping area. And then the doctors can do their work to help you recover. But unless you clean up your environment, there's no way you, you, you are going to get better. So that's right. where we need to start. Yeah. Exactly. That's so clear. Um, uh, and the, uh, that is a big symptom for all of us to pay attention to, that exhaustion, where you're fine one minute and then five minutes you're just totally exhausted because one day – I had two of my board members were up here talking to me, and we were all, they were standing behind me looking at my screen, and we were talking about the, the grant that we do and looking at people's work. And and I just, find, I got so sick, I said, I have to go to bed. And I turned around to talk to them. They both had their cell phones turned on on top of me, knowing mm-hmm. that I'm sensitive to it. And it, I felt like I was triangulated and just as if somebody had pulled all my energy out. Uh, and so when you get that way, it may not be that you're just exhausted, that exhaustion just hit you. You may have been in a burst of Wi-Fi or EMFs that took your energy down. That's what to watch out for. Don't you think that's a that's big right. thing? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I, you know, we, we, because we don't see it, it's invisible to the eye, but our cells, our cells see it. They're in constant stress response. Martin mm-hmm. Paul talked about it, you know, when uh, Martin Blank uh, in his uh, warning about uh, health conditions that we're facing today with the proliferation of cell phones and cell phone use is that we're putting our bodies into um, fight and flight mode 24-7. Just imagine what it does to our nervous system, what it does to every cell in the body. And then we're continuing. There is no respite from it. So when we go home, there is no safe place to recover. And we keep adding on and on and on. And at some point, the body breaks down. And that's when you begin to have electrosensitivity, from from which it is very difficult to recover, as you, you yourself know. 
Yes. So, uh, you know, I mean, hope you, people ask, what is it that causes EHS, which is the electrohypersensitivity? And, you know, we already come predisposed, pre-toxified with physical trauma to the nervous system. That's one. So any whiplash, concussions uh, have created trauma to the brain and the nervous system. Second one is chemical exposure. So pesticides, metals, drugs, mercury in your teeth. Three is electrical exposure. So shocks, lightning strikes, power lines, antennas, Wi-Fi, mobile phones, all of that. I mean, there's no way to escape it these days, as it seems. Mm -hmm. Four is biological trauma. So mold, parasites, Lyme. And fifth is impaired immune system. So any sort of uh, conditions with impaired immune system qualify for being pre-toxified. So what we call in building biology, we, we actually give an analogy of a, um, a barrel, you know, and the barrel gets filled, our body gets filled with all these toxins coming from the environment and that we keep putting in inside our bodies. And then eventually, it, the, all these pollutants, water, food, air, and then eventually the body breaks down. It's like a rain bar- barrel that just begins to leak. And uh, this is our body, you know, these days. So doctors are doing all they can, but they haven't been, according to the recent EMF conference, you know, there were almost you know, 300 300 to 400 doctors who attended, they were there to learn how to identify and treat EHS conditions because there are so many people getting ill with this, with this uh, electro- hypersensitivity. It's an environmental condition. And more and more people are getting sick. If I give you the numbers, Magda Havas, who presented, she's a, uh, one of the leading experts in researching uh, EHS and EMFs. Electrohypersensitivity causes oxidative stress. And what oxidative stress leads to is aging, Alzheimer's, heart attacks, chronic fatigue, trauma strokes, Parkinson's disease. That's all related to oxidative oh. stress. Oh, wow. Dermatitis, chronic inflammation, infertility, diabetes. This is oxidative stress. So oh. we call it not an emerging health crisis. It has already emerged. According to mm-hmm. Magda Havas, electrohypersensitivity has, is already a, a global uh, health issue. It's a global phenomenon. In Sweden and in Spain, these governments actually recognize these, this condition as functional disability. No. So it's similar to being blind or in wheelchair, and they support people. And what in Sweden, Ale Johansson, who presented, he's a, another leading expert in EMF research at the conference. He's, he had a slide there where he said that in Sweden, we treat, it's understood that it's not, it's not the person that is, has to be treated, but the environment that they live in and work in. The, the environment is the patient. 
and wow. it has to be treated. So I, I really love that analogy because we don't think about it that way in America. We just chase symptoms, right? We, if you eat better, yes. you have better diet, you exercise more, you drink more water, you know, we, we have better supplements. But we're just skimming the surface because what we're doing is we're sitting right in the hotbed of toxic electromagnetic radiation wherever we go. And now we haven't even started talking about cars, which are now (laughs) all the cars are loaded with, you know, I mean, radar in the cars. Radar. So... Well, okay, uh, this is very important. We do want to get into the car for a minute because I see I won't, I don't carry my cell phone, but I'm very rare. Uh, I don't want the, that around me. But now my new car is a new battery operated car, <clears throat> which I love, but it does have all that electronic stuff in it. And so it's really easy to make a cell phone call in the car, which I have never done before. But anyway, it is set up. But I read Mm -hmm. that it's like those signals stay right in the car and they bounce around the car like they were inside of a tin can, and it becomes ten times more um, disastrous to the body than just using a cell phone. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even in older cars... You have you're sitting in a metal metal frame, right? So yeah. just imagine that your cell phone is trying to connect to the nearest cell tower or antenna that you're driving by, and it has to work three times as much to you know so it revs up its connective uh, ability, and so you are sitting right next to your cell phone, and that yeah. bounces back. Not only it is you know it has to send a stronger signal in order to connect but also all that stuff is bouncing back from the metal frame at you your head your your tissue your you know everything all your skin and people don't realize that you know when they are using their cell phone and these days it's hands-free so you have bluetooth enabled in your in your uh, uh, cars which is incredibly powerful and disruptive to the body it's very, very dangerous. So one of the things that, you know, people, they don't have to have Bluetooth all the time on on their phones. It could be easily turned off. You can turn off your Wi-Fi and, and uh, data. You can have it on to make a phone call. You can only have it on your provider, uh, whether it's Verizon or AT&T. The rest of it should be off. I have my phone on airplane mode most of the time. And I check intermittently. I turn it on. I pull up my drawer, this quick drawer on my iPhone. I punch in, you know, data, uh, cellular data. I turn it on. And then I check for messages, calls, anything that came true. But uh, in between, I, I keep it off. I don't want to be exposed any more than I already am. Yes, that's the point. There's so much that we are being forced to live with, but above that, we are in control. I have never heard so many great ideas. I mean, going back to the bed, uh, how to protect your bed, uh, to improve your sleep in your bedroom, plus uh, there are curtains. I'm a 
have to look at that because I, I do think I'm getting Wi-Fi from uh, the other side of my house coming in. I can't believe that the neighbors have such strong Wi-Fi that it carries for maybe 20 yards, 30 yards. Absolutely. Everybody these days has the strongest possible router they can get, and they often use or install boosters throughout the house. If they have a you know two or three story home, they have to have a booster to carry the signal over to the other to the other end of the house. I have a few you know in my reports and in my talks, I actually include five steps to creating a sleeping sanctuary, and I'm happy to share it with you oh great. And so i can I can quickly point you know do do a bullet sits first is use battery powered clocks near bed. A lot of people have clocks now these days they just use their cell phone as a clock, but a lot of people still have those red lettered clocks that are plugged in to electricity. Those mm-hmm. create enormous amount of magnetic fields enormous amount of magnetic fields next to your head. So get rid of those clocks. Use battery-powered clocks. Of course, good to take away your cell phone from your body, from your sleeping area. That's a good habit to develop. Turn off bedroom-affecting circuits. So a restful sleep is necessary for health, and electric fields affect your biocommunication. So it's it's very important to turn off the circuits. Go to your um, circuit panel and find out which circuits, circuit breakers, uh, supply power to your bedroom and the adjoining wall that your head is on. So what's behind it? If there's something below you, then you have to identify those circuits and turn them off as well. Next is eliminate, minimize, and shield from RF, which is... Wi-Fi, radio frequency radiation, any portable phones, cell phones, wireless devices like Alexa. You know, people have often Sonos, um, sophisticated sound system throughout the house. All of it is wireless supplied. Um, Those will interfere with your body's immune system. Use beds without metal, metal frames and metal box springs can amplify and distort the Earth's natural magnetic field, so which lead to non-restful sleep. So use natural materials. There is a fabulous bed store in Los Angeles that I recommend that everybody, every one of my clients' um, shops, and it's um, uh, Good Night Naturals. It's, uh, I think, on Beverly or 3rd Street. And it's one of the very first natural bed companies that was opened back in the 90s in America. And they started creating custom beds, 100% natural. So getting, so getting a really good night's sleep depends <clears throat> on how much toxicity you have in your mattress and metal. Next one is make sure that there's no elevated magnetic fields. So those come from appliances, building wiring that penetrate the walls into the bedroom and disrupt the body's communication system. We have our own magnetic communication system that our body that uses to communicate between the cells. If that's disrupted, then we have a problem. <gasps> Oh, my gosh, of course. We've just been studying that in my film funding class. We were studying um, these physicists who were talking about 
the communication between the cells in your body, and it is electromagnetic. It is a vibrating. Uh, they, they use a certain vibration. And absolutely right. If those cells, if you were disrupting the communication between your cells, that's chronic disease, that's aging, that's fast aging. There's so many unnatural things that will happen to you because if you disrupt if you put yourself in another electronic environment where your body can't talk to itself or to the outside world because the body is always communicating with other bodies, you are really putting a lot of uh, stress and harm on the body. Now I get that. Wow. Absolutely. Been- Absolutely, Carol. Yes, that's exactly what happens. You know what uh, Magda Havas, which really absolutely floored me to my chair, is showed a slide um, that showed the progression of e- e- electro hypersensitivity. We think it's a new phenomenon, and we're incorrect in that because we've uh, found that in history, in 1900s, women who worked in, as uh, operators for phone companies and they had to touch the wires to connect the phone calls, yes. Yes. they developed they developed neurasthenia. It's called neurasthenia. That was early 1900s. These are the beginnings of electrohypersensitivity. And that was called the chronic nerve illness. Then we had microwave, radio wave sickness coming from all the radar. Then it was called in the 40s microwave syndrome. Then in the 90s, we had electrohypersensitivity. In 2004, World Health Organization called it idiopathic environmental intolerance. And these days, that's number six, in 2008, we've changed it to rapid aging syndrome. So we are actually subjecting ourselves to to aging rapidly. Wow. That is exactly what is happening. And it's all coming from things that you can't see and you don't know are there. And it's only through people like you, Monica, that we're learning about this because no one wants to go to all this trouble. I mean, we've named maybe 20 things you need to do to clean up your environment. And I don't think it's that expensive. It just takes total focus to one, recognize what's happening to you or what the potential is because it's insidious. It just slowly creeps up on you and you have this problem. You don't know what's going on. Only when I read your bio did I understand what happened to me several years ago. I had a little cottage down in New Zealand. It was a 100-year-old home, and the wiring was 100 years old. Okay. Well, that never bothered me because it worked. And so, you know, that was one thing I never thought about replacing. But I got mm-hmm. sick a lot. And, um, and then I was bitten by a spider, came home, went to my environmental doctor who told me I had hit the rain barrel effect that you talked about, that I had mm-hmm. so much toxicity. And I thought from one, I had two spider bites. It, it knocked me out for almost a year. Yeah. And it wasn't the spider bites. It was the house. So you were already predisposed because what happens is we are actually being electrocuted with this amount of 
uh, voltage that's going through our bodies through this old wiring. I mean, most likely you had an open tube wiring, which is the original 100-year-old wiring uh, where the wires are far apart from each other. They, they're not shielded. They're often covered with cloth, and they produce huge magnetic fields that goes, an electric field that goes eight feet into your living space. Eight feet. Mm. You cannot mm. escape it. So I, it took me nine years to discover that that's what's hap- what was happening in my place. And then until the, the building biologist came in with his meters, you know, I was, I was getting crazy because I, I thought I was reacting to Wi-Fi. But I was uh-huh. off. You know, I was off in my, in my estimate because when he started measuring, he said, Wi-Fi, it's regular. It's okay. These levels are, you know, negligent. But let's look at the electric fields. And the minute he checked my body voltage, you know, it shouldn't be more than 100 millivolts going through your body at day and night. At night, it should be closer to 10. That's why we recommend to turn off your electricity at night. But you know how much it was in this house? It was... 3,000 millivolts. I was being electrocuted day and night. And of course, I worked from home. So I I was on my computer all day. And then I went to bed. And I couldn't recover. And I didn't know that my home was actually making me sick until the building biologist came in and measured this. And he said, you need to get out of here. Mm, This is going to kill you. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So tell I'm me how many laugh, people but... have, you know, this is how many people. He said, I have a couple of clients in Los Angeles right now who live in a home like this. They are dealing with cancer. Oh, my goodness. That's because where what it, it does, it destroys, it destroys your immune system. And then anything goes from that. Well, and then you're back to the body not being able to communicate. because uh, That's right. Uh, uh, right. That's it. Well, uh, my goodness, an hour has gone by, and I feel like we're just getting started. This is so we much could spe- We could fun. talk about this for hours. I, am, uh, I can tell you, you know, this is such a big subject to cover, and I'm so glad that you invited me to speak with you about this because hardly anyone realizes that we're, we're facing a huge epidemic of EHS. It's already started, you know, when... Magda Havas showed the slide with numbers of electrohypersensitive people. How many are affected yes. in population? Let's say in Canada, severe is 1 million. Moderate, which is about 35%, is 13 million people. In the U.S., oh. we have severely 10 million people affected. Moderately affected, 115 million people are dealing with oh. EHS symptoms. And most and of them, most of them, don't even know that those are the symptoms attributed to electrohypersensitivity. In the EU, in, in EU, is 260 million people at the oh moderate moderate level, and the rest of our the rest of them are asymptomatic. You know, when when Oled Johansson spoke, uh, gave the presentation at the conference. You know, they uh, he said we are all sensitive when people say well i'm not sensitive i can't feel anything no we are all electrical beings we are all sensitive some of us are hypersensitive and some of and most of us are hyposensitive so this is a wonderful way to really take this 
into consideration where, you know, people say, we're conductors, we're full of water. Our body functions on electricity, electromagnetic fields. So how, how could we not be sensitive to our stimuli coming from all around us? Exactly. Oh, my gosh, this is wonderful. Well, uh, tell us again, for those who didn't have a pen or pencil ready, let's get back to the um, way to reach you to your website and everything. So uh, my Facebook page is Elegant Living 27. Um, my website is ElegantHealthyHome.com. I can give my phone number. It's 805 895 Four six eight seven. People can email me at elegantliving27 at gmail dot com, and uh, I will be happy to answer and assist anyone who is suffering or has questions about research. There are nearly thirty thousand scientific studies that have been published and they can be found in relation to electromagnetic fields and their biological effects on emf-portal.org. This is the best source of if someone is looking for scientific uh, proof, they can find it there. That is wonderful. That's where to go first. But you've got to realize this is real. It's not hogwash. It's truth. And it could be that that odd thing that is happening to you, and no matter how many supplements you take or how many glasses of carrot juice you drink, you can't solve it until you recognize and identify where it's coming from. So, supplements will not will not be enough. I, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there were people who are EHS. Uh, sensitive who came to the conference, EMF conference, and they said, "I have spent." thousands, hundreds and thousands of dollars on finding solutions and trying every possible solution. And they never looked into hiring a building biologist to come and help them clean up their environment. You know, it took me nine years to find one. I've looked far and wide, Mm -hmm. spent a lot of money. And until I, you know, until I actually found an expert who could identify what the problem was, I was in the dark. So we have to start there. Unless we start there, there's not going to be an improvement in our health. I know that for a fact. Thank you so much. It's really important to hear this from someone who has been there, healed themselves, and now is devoted to this important cause. Thank you, Monica. You're welcome. Yes, thank Uh, you very much. One one more question. Source that is very inspiring. There is, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's on TED Talk. Um, TED Talk by Jeremy Johnson, G E R O M Y Johnson, gave a talk about wireless wake up call. He was in the Silicon Valley uh, a few years ago and he became electrosensitive and he tells his story in his TED Talk. He is one of the uh, educators and wonderful sources. He has a website called emfanalysis.com. That's a fabulous source for anyone who is looking for solutions as well. He does consulting and he refers um, to local experts 
um, to find a, an expert, EMF expert in your area. Um, I personally work with him. And uh, we also have a great resource at the Building Biology Institute dot uh, net, I believe, website where you can find an expert in your area. We have an expert page there. We have a number of courses on electromagnetic radiation, online courses, and there's about 60 free resources that you can download um, under resources. So that's a, another excellent uh, resource for anyone looking to educate themselves. How fantastic. Thank you so much. And thank you, Claire. We really appreciate this information. It's wonderful. Oh, yes. It it, it was great. And I know that this is really a a rabbit hole that uh, we're going down because there's so much more to learn. But, uh, Monica, you have really given us a very good start. Thank you. Yes, and thank you. We'll thank get you for back to me. you mm-hmm. in another six months. Let's. Uh, I'm going to do some, some more research, and we'll take uh, advice from our, all of our filmmakers, and then we'll come back in six months and do more. Thank you. Lots of good Sounds luck great. to you. Thank you. I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you for having okay. me. I appreciate all it. Right. Bye-bye. 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 Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone.